Hi, I'm Jason Seaver. I'm a psychiatrist, and I believe in the infinite potential of the human spirit. And I'm Maggie Seaver. I'm a mother, and the infinite potential of the human spirit scares the hell out of me. <laughs> Don't let her fool you. She's not so tough. Oh, yeah? Yeah, well, anyway, last week, after 15 years of motherhood, Maggie went back to work as a reporter for the local newspaper. And Jason moved his practice into the house so he can be there for the kids. They're great kids. Yeah. And we have a great relationship with them. Yeah, there's just one problem. Their father trusts them, and they know it. Unbelievable. <laughs> Show me that smile again. Don't waste Seaver fans, Angela Bowen here, the host of Show Me That Smile Again, a Growing Pains podcast. How's everyone doing? Well, since it's we're halfway through the month of May, I'm going to do the second Carol Seaver episode for the month of May, season two, episode 17, entitled Jimmy Durante Died for Your Sins. This episode aired on March 3rd, 1987. In this episode, Carol is determined to get a nose job even without her parents' permission, and Mike is surprised when he finds out his teasing may be responsible. So this episode has a 6.9 out of 10 rating based on 28 ratings. This episode was directed by John Tracy. Writers Neil Marlins, Christopher Ames, and Carolyn Shelby. The story uh, was written by Christopher Ames and Carolyn Shelby. Nice that they had a woman, a girl's point of view on this. For such a sensitive topic, girls who either dealing with their weight or how they look they're very self-conscious i think this was a very good episode and i gotta say this quote here because this is so wrong mike siever come on you're my sister i'm supposed to call you ugly mike no you're not you're supposed to help build up your sister's confidence so i'd like to say that even though i've been Wanting to do monthly episodes of Growing Pains, you know, featuring a character. Unfortunately, it's not working out that way. So I'm just sticking with the two episodes a month. So I will let you know who's going to be the character in June. Also, for the summertime, I will be covering the Aloha episodes. I believe they're from season three where the Seavers go to Maui. I thought that'd be a great way to kick off the summer months. So look forward to that coming up. Also, if you'd like to learn how to follow along with the podcast, you can go to Facebook at Show Me That Smile Again, a Growing Pains podcast. Instagram at Growing Pains Pod. You can also email the podcast at lbomwonderyearspodcast at gmail.com. That is where all my other podcasts can be reached at. Whether you want to talk about Mr. Belvedere, Growing Pains, Small Wonder, or The Wonder Years, or even Full House, you can send all your emails there. All right. Right, let's jump right into this cold open. We open in the kitchen. Looks like Maggie and Jason are at the uh, kitchen island slash stove getting stuff ready for dinner. They got a food processor there. Jason is cutting up carrots, and I see lettuce there and some potatoes and also some other things. Looks like they're... Uh, 
I bet they're cooking something amazing. So Ben is the first to come through the door. The kids are coming home from school. And Ben is like, I had a great day when they asked, like, how was your day, buddy? Like, oh, yeah, I had a great day. And they're like, yeah, well, tell us about it. And he's like, well, the principal is doing the morning announcements over the intercom. And she got this electric shock. And she said a dirty word. And they're like, really? That made your day? And he's like, are you kidding? You could hear that word echoing for miles down the halls. <laughs> but as a kid, I get where Ben is coming from. It's like kids look for any type of excitement or something out of the ordinary to make their day that much better. I mean, unless you're getting a movie in class instead of schoolwork or being taught a lesson or if you're getting something a legal surprise, like, say, like, oh, it's, like, pizza day, and, you know, your school pizza's really gross, but then instead they hit you with chicken nugget day, which is the best! Oh, I loved chicken nugget day. I loved it. And the lunch lady knew that I liked to have gravy poured on my nuggets, too. Like, And I'd say, chicken nuggets, mashed potatoes, and gravy, gravy on both. So I'm gonna play this clip as the kids are coming through the door talking about how their days went. $217? Okay, I'll settle for five. WZLP time is 4.15 and that's... <laughs> Jackpot call-in time. 2,000 big ones in the hopper right now. Just waiting for you to call 555 Loot and tell me the name of this song. So Mike comes through the door and like, hey, how you doing, Mike? You survived another day of school, huh? And Mike's like, yeah, just barely. Like, Ugh, yeah, trust me, I get it. High school, right? Ugh. Every day feels like it lasts like at least 12 hours instead of the normal eight. So something's going to cheer up Mike, at least for a moment, as he turns on the radio and finds out someone's getting $2,000 if they know the name of this song and they play like a two-second clip. Mike's like, I know this song, I know this song. And Ben is sitting at the table and like, well, call in. So I'm going to play this clip because we get a surprise. Like there's someone else who might be in on this contest, which... Um, Mike and Carol both are under 18, and I'm pretty sure you would have to be a legal adult to get that prize. They don't give it out to anyone under 18, I bet. Or is there a stipulation that says if you're under a certain age, you win money, it has to go directly to college or something? Dying. Yeah, hey, Dad, since I didn't win the 2000 how about the five? This isn't your day, Mike. I got some news that'll 
cheer you up. Mike, what are you doing, Miss Gunson on the PA? Don't you dare quote her. Hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. Hi, sweetheart. Girl, a breath of normalcy. <laughs> oh, listen, I need a note from one of you for that field trip next week. Mm-hmm. I need some canned food for the charity drive. Right. Yeah. And I really need a nose job. Sure. Hey, <laughs> Did she just say yes. and I said? Yes. No. So, Mike's like, I know this song, I know this song. Carol's been playing it all week. I know, uh, thank goodness she's my sister. And Jason's like, oh, Maggie, doesn't that get you right here in the heart? Right in the feels? And, of course, Mike's like, I know this song. As he's calling on the phone. And he's like, dang it, it's a recording. He hangs up. I'm like, Mike, it's a touch-tone phone. Just keep hitting redial. You're bound to get it. Don't give up. I remember the time when I was, like, going with my aunt and her kids, like, one of her kids had a baseball, a basketball game, and I was listening to, um, my, my Walkman, my, um, portable headphone Walkman. Anyway, I was listening to, um, what was it, uh, a radio station that I normally listen to, and all of a sudden they're doing, like, the moolah, the cash cow, and I heard my grandma's voice on the radio. They're like, hey, who is this? And she's like, Julia Rash. I'm like, I started screaming, like, Grandma, it's Grandma. And my aunt's who, my aunt who's driving said, where, where? Because she's driving. Like, I don't see. I'm like, on the radio. She's on the radio. <laughs> I thought, oh, my goodness. I just, I remember that. And another time, um, I'm sure you've heard me mention on the podcast, I am a big 101 Dalmatians obsessed fan. Well, when the movie had come out, was finally released on VHS, it was like, like 1990 or something. And my sister knew how much I loved the movie. It's like, I'm going to try to win you a copy because they're doing a radio station, um, thing where you call in and if you you tell a joke and you get the DJ to laugh, like really, really laugh, you could win a copy. And Nicole called in, but unfortunately, I mean, it made him laugh a little, but it wasn't like gut-busting laughing. But um, I did end up getting that VHS, which um, I'll tell that story another time. I've told it before on one of my uh, podcast shows, but um, yeah. And so... Mike's like, oh, man, Dad, since I didn't win the 20000 how about the five? And Jason just, just like, buddy, it's not your day. So Ben's like, hey, Ben, or <laughs> Ben's like, hey, Mike, I got something that'll cheer you up. Wait till I tell you what the principal said over the PA system. And the, uh, Ben and Mike are heading out into the living room. And Jason, you hear Jason say, Ben, don't you dare quote her. <laughs> We see Carol come in the door, and she mentions how, oh, Mom, Dad, I need that permission slip signed for the museum exhibit we're going to, that field trip. Um, I also need some canned food for the um, food drive. Oh, and I really need a nose job. It's one of those scenarios, you know the trope, where someone wants something, and they casually slip it into saying, oh, I really need to go get groceries. Oh, I really want to get my feet done. Oh, I really... um." need a hundred dollars to pay off this library loan or something like that or or no it's something that somebody wants but they know someone will automatically say no but if they get someone on a roll of saying yes odds are they'll be crafty and that person will just automatically say yes 
So Carol just says that she drops that bomb and just goes into the living room. And Jason and Maggie are looking at each other like, did she just say? And Jason's like, yeah. And Maggie's like, no, no, no Carol. And of course, that's the cold open. I gotta say something here about Jason's sweater. It looks like it's been washed so many times that it's it's pilling up. Which I think there might be something out there that can um you can use to like get the pills off your shirt of your it's always the sweaters but then again whenever I get a graphic t-shirt a new one it seems like it's nice the first day but that first wash it's like it starts even the one I'm wearing now is pilled and it just they don't look as good so I don't know if it's like the washer doing it or the dryers doing it or it's the material of the shirt. I'm not sure. So we come out of the intro and of course Jason and Maggie are in the living room like, um, Carol, did you just say what I think you said? So now I'm going to play that clip as Carol delves into why she wants to get a nose job, which I believe it's just because Someone in school got a nose job and she looks really, really good. Of course, Carol's, like, all ready to go. She's got uh, the statistics. She's got the pros, the cons, all that stuff. And she, every question that Maggie and Jason could have, she's got an answer ready to go. Carol? <laughs> yes? Did you just say, after you, did you just say, did you just say you wanted a nose job? I knew you guys would be upset. Oh, we're not upset. Of course not. No, we just want to know what this is all about. But we certainly aren't upset. We'd be upset if we thought you were serious about this. I am. Well, then, we're upset. <laughs> Mom, I've been thinking about this for a long time. And then last week, this girl in my Latin class came in after having it done. And Mom, she looks great. But honey, you have a cute nose. You have a perky little what nose. <laughs> Oh, that's perfect. No, Mom, Mom, it looks good on you. You can get away with a fake nose. Oh. I mean, because all your other features are big, too. I don't mean big. I just mean... Carol, give up. <laughs> really? Carol, who says you have a big nose? Well, I do, and that's what matters, right? <laughs> hey, Carol, someone named Charlotte Bowser's on the phone. Oh, great, she's giving me about a plastic surgeon. Karen, we're, we're talking to you. Oh, I know, but, but this is important. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Did I just hear right? Is Carol actually considering plastic surgery? Mike, this doesn't concern you. Okay, all right, before I go, I just wanted to say, bravo. <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't like Carol. <laughs> Where did she get this hyper-concern for her looks? such a nose. What am I saying? This is the nose of God. Jason, just because you're frustrated with Carol does not mean you have to take it out on me. Oh, I'm not frustrated. I'm just confused. I mean, why would our sensible Carol want to get her face rearranged just because someone named Charlotte Bowser did it? Hey, Jason! 
the hell? Ben, let me give you some advice, all right? Don't listen to Mike. That applies not only to this case, but to life in general. So Carol starts out like, I know you guys are upset, and Jason and, Meg and Maggie are like, honey, we're not upset. We just, we'd be upset if you were actually considering doing this, like you, if you're serious. And Carol's like, well, I am serious. And they're like, okay, now we're upset. Let us know why you want to do this. And Carol's like, well, this girl in my Latin class got hers done, and she just looks really, really good. And I'm just like, yeah, just think of all the people out there that do get work done. Maybe because it's at the advice of their agents or other reasons of, due to self-consciousness. Um, growing up, I didn't like my nose. I, I did get teased for having a quote-unquote big nose. I remember in seventh grade, this kid was teasing me about my nose and the teacher, of course, was with an earshot, and she's like, okay, you need to stop that and turn around. Like, ugh. I mean, if it wasn't about my nose, it was someone calling me ugly. And let me tell you, I was already self-conscious about my looks. I still don't care for how I look, even at, you know, at 36 now. But then again, I deal with it, you know? I mean, it's not up to other people to decide how you should look. That is totally up to you. And I know that, it, you know, saying you should feel comfortable in your own skin, I mean, you can say that till you're blue in the face to somebody, but unless they feel that way inside, I mean, come on. Everybody, there is not a person alive, I bet, that doesn't have something about themselves, physically or mentally, that they don't like. If it's not their nose, their ears, maybe their chin, maybe it's they have a funny laugh, or maybe they have um, something about themselves on their body they don't like, um... Yeah, just, I think this is a good episode. I think that Carol is a unique feminine character that girls can look up to. She's not portrayed as a ditzy so-and-so, which I'm not saying that all char female characters on TV are. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying um, that Carol, she's a smart girl, and she's got goals, and... This just shows, like I said, that not everyone is comfortable in their own skin. Someone, Everyone's got something about themselves they probably wish they could ch change or they don't like. So. so, Mike pops his head into the room and says, Hey, Carol, um, Sheena Bowser. Which, come on, God, seriously? That's a last name. Really? Which, maybe given the tone of this episode, they thought they'd throw a bow-wow joke in there or something to that effect. And Carol's like, great, she's going to give me all the information I need. And Jason is right. He's like, honey, we are talking about this. You, you're not just going to go off and talk to some. We are having a discussion about this. And, of course, Carol, the reason she wants to... Well, Jason's saying, like, you have a cute nose, you have your mother's nose, and Carol's like, ugh, don't remind me. And, of course, that's an affront, that's an insult to Maggie, and, of course, Carol's like, oh, Mom, I don't mean you, I mean, your nose looks great on you, it's just on me, it doesn't, you know, what I'm, so, yeah. 
So Carol does excuse herself to take the phone call. Mike comes in and is like, hey, did I hear this right? Is Carol seriously considering a face transplant? And Jason is like, Mike, this does not concern you. You have no say in this whatsoever. Of course, Mike's going to be like, oh, in consideration of this, just I got to say bravo. It's like, Mike, go upstairs. Go to your room. And meanwhile, we see Maggie using her finger to kind of check the sides of her nose. And Jason's like, honey, 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 please. You know, you don't let what Carol said question how you look. Your nose is beautiful. That's one of the first things I fell in love with about you. Uh, yeah, it's just, you say one prick to anyone about something about them that you find utterly obvious or that you point out, that person is probably going to become so fixated on that that they won't be able to think about anything else. Or maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just me. Ben comes in screaming like, Oh my gosh! Mike says Carol's getting a face transplant! Is that true? And Jason's like, Ben, let me give you some advice. Do not listen to anything that Mike says that does not just pertain to this situation, but to life in general. Oy vey. So Maggie tells Jason, you know, I think this is just a phase that Carol's going through. A lot of girls go through this, and it, it may seem as a shock, but I actually went through it. And Jason's like, oh, well, that's not a shock. I believe it. So Jason's like, I'll tell you how we're going to handle this. We're going to make this an open discussion so we can hear her reasons for wanting to get a nose job. And then we'll just calmly explain to her that she's just not ready for this, that her body is still growing, and she's still growing into her looks and everything like this. And I just think, yeah, yeah. Don't just flat out tell them no. Tell them why you're telling them no. Not to mention, like I said, Carol's a, Carol's a minor. That doesn't just pertain to that radio contest, but it pertains to this. She would need parental permission. Not to mention, she would probably need a legal guardian to come down there with her. So I'm going to play this clip as uh, Maggie says she'll, we'll ask her questions. She'll see how she, she hasn't really thought this through at all. Now we move her to the kitchen where Carol is explaining the procedure, the after effects. She's all talking about physical things, but she's not talking about the mental, like how you would feel inside. A nose job or rhinoplasty is an outpatient procedure normally involving a local anesthetic that wears off in about four hours. It's usually recommended that the patient remain in bed for one additional day. There's discoloration of the nose and orbits of the eyes as a result from a hematoma from blows of the mallet. And it costs only $2,400. What did I say? She hasn't thought this through at all. First of all, I'm still the same Carol who gets straight A's and thinks everything through. And this is not a whim or an adolescent phase, if that's what you're thinking. Oh, not me. The basic question here is, do you believe that the size of a person's nose can affect the course of their life? Well, explain Carl Malden. Let's keep the size of Carl Malden's honker out of this, okay? Find out why you want this surgery. Well, I feel better about the way I look, and I feel better about myself. Oh, honey, there's nothing wrong with the way you look. Dad, remember when you started working out with weights? Yeah. And Mom, remember when you started coloring your hair? I had occasional highlights. <laughs> You see, you guys did those things so you'd feel better about the way you look. That's all I'm asking. 
Sorry, well, your mother and I have to discuss this, so would you mind stepping out of the room? Sure, sure. Could you step a little further out? Oh, yeah, okay, fine. So Carol, like I said, she explains the procedure, how um, the outpatient treatments, how she'd have to miss a day of school for a day of rest until the swelling goes down. And then she kind of brings up how she doesn't like how she looks, but then she also adds how Jason started working out. Which then again, she's like, you worked out to make yourself feel better. I'm thinking, well, he probably also worked out, like, to maintain his health. And also she adds, Mom, remember when you used to color your hair to make you feel good? And she's like, I do occasional highlights. It's like, Carol, you're not coming. These aren't examples. It's almost like you're nitpicking about little things that aren't really... I mean, I'm sorry, but working out to improve your physique or coloring your hair is not the same thing as having a doctor go in with a scalpel and rearrange your nose and make it either, either smaller or petite or whatever you want. That is not the same thing. Not to mention, this procedure costs $2,400, and I don't think any of that's going to be, it's, what, cosmetic surgery. That's not going to be covered by insurance. So that's where that radio contest comes in. Um, Jason says, all right, Carol, well, you've given us a bit to think about. Your mother and I would like to speak private, privately on this matter. Can you please, you know, give us some privacy? Carol steps out into the doorway, and Jason's like, well, could you, like, just go into the living room to give us privacy? And Maggie's like, that's great, Jason. That way you make her feel like we're actually considering this when we're not, like, we're just entertaining this idea, basically. And he's like, well, and she's like, oh, don't say well, please don't say that. And Jason admits, like, I don't want this any more than you do. We've always relied on Carol's common sense. Which Maggie says we've taken leave of that. So Jason's like, we can't be treating her like she's Ben's age. And, of course, Maggie's like, well, she'll get used to it. So here's Jason's solution. He's like, I say we let her... See if she can get the money for the nose job. If she can afford it, if she can get the money, she can have it. And then he's like, see, this is the beauty. No way is she going to be able to afford $2,400. Just no way. And that, of course, that's not including the um, meds you'll probably need, the pain meds afterwards. Yeah. So did Jason surprise... Um, the radio station thing's going to come up again. I like how he says for every dime Carol will have to save, she'll have time to think about whether or not it's worth it. 2400 is quite a bit of money. You can do, in 1987, or 86, or, or however, that's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. Even now, anyway, 2400 bucks is a lot of money. And of course, Maggie's like, what if she saves the money and she still wants a nose job? And then Jason's like, by the time that she saves up the money, she'll need a facelift. Indicating that Carol would be very old. So I'm going to play this clip as Carol is actually calculating the amount of money she'll need to save in order to get a nose job. Ten dollars a week into 2400 is 224 divided by 52 is four and a half years. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> no, Carol, I don't have any money. 
money to lend you. And you know, it really pains me to say that, knowing what a worthy cause this is. <laughs> oh, ghost greasy sits. Ew. Oh, now, what a rude thing to say, especially to a guy who happens to know of a job where you could make some big money. What job? No, 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 it's too late, Carol. I'm hurt. Oh, come on, Mike. I'm sorry, what job? Truly sorry. In tears, what's the job? Well, the word is American Express needs someone to replace Carl Malden. <laughs> It's a little joke. I'm just kidding, man. Okay, all right, all right. Let's be serious now, Carol. <laughs> okay, now come on, Carol. You don't need to spend all that money on a nose job. Right, because I'm beautiful already. No, I said let's be serious. <laughs> now look, I know where you can get a nose job for half the price. Wow. Igor. <laughs> <laughs> So I take it Carol gets $10 a week in allowance and she's adding that times 52 for $2,400. That'd take her four years. Of course, Mike comes in with a newspaper saying he's got a job. He's lying. He's holding the wand ad saying there's a job for, um, they're looking for someone to replace Carl Moldian or whatever his name is. And Mike sits down, and you think he's going to be sincere. Like, Carol, you don't really need a nose job. And she's like, why? Because I'm beautiful already. And he's like, no, let's be serious here. Oh, and I know where you can get a nose job for half the price. She's like, really? Where? She is that desperate. She wants it that badly. But then again, we see Ben coming in like he's a hunchback. Like Igor. With a croquet mallet. Like, he's gonna go and, uh, smash Carol's nose with that mallet. Like, ugh. Come on, guys. See? This is why she is contributing probably to how she feels about herself. And, I mean, if she doesn't feel good, like, at school about herself, the, she, a person should be able to feel good about herself at home. And the whole thing about, oh, you're my sister, I'm supposed to call you ugly. Excuse me? No, you're not. Siblings should be building each other up because that is the family foundation. You build each other up. You don't tear each other down. And you think, oh, that's harmless kidding. No, it's not. It's not. All right, now here we go with the radio contest again. It's evening. Looks like they're probably cooking dinner again, so I'm going to play this clip. <laughs> Ew.
exactly what are you doing? Getting sent to my room without dinner. You're getting a double portion. No, no. Anyone that would want liver for dinner, that just looks gross. It looks nasty. <laughs> Carol comes down, and Maggie right away notices Carol's holding a compact with a blush brush. And she's got a lot of blush on her cheeks. She's got a little foundation on her nose. Getting ready to spread that in. Maggie's like, what in the world? And Carol's like, well, since I have to save forever for a nose job, I'm going to conceal the rest of my face to take off any notice of my nose. And Jason's like, that's it. Carol, we're not giving you money to get a nose job. You can do... And Maggie's like, get your butt upstairs and wipe that crap off your face. And they finally, like, just send her upstairs. Like, just go to your room. And Mike ends up putting makeup on, and Jason's like, what are you doing? And Mike's like, oh, well, I'm getting sent to my room without dinner. And he laughs. <laughs> Jason gives him a double portion. Ben laughs, and Jason's like, all right, here, Ben, you get a double portion, too. Ugh. And I'm just thinking, Carol, you expect your parents to pay for that? You are such an entitled little brat. She's acting like a brat. I'm going to play this clip. Here's a radio station contest. All right, it's jackpot calling time. <laughs> well, I'm not listening this time. We put another $1,000 into the jackpot for the fifth caller to identify our mystery song. I got the page to send the song. I got this one. Carol, Carol, get off the phone right now. Fifth call right now. Come on, pick up the phone. Off now. you guys know back in the day with the landlines if you only had one line you had to wait for someone to get their ass off the phone it's like get off the phone carol uh apparently she's not gonna get off the phone mike hangs it up like i can't believe this i know this song because it's the same song they played earlier and she won't let me use the phone turns out carol was calling into the radio station too and she is the caller three thousand dollars is coming her way apparently for a 17 year old wait no she's got to be 15 if mike's like 16 and this is season two because in season one he was 15 but anyway like oh he's like oh do you know what you're gonna do with this money and Maggie and Jason can't believe it when they hear Carol's voice coming out of the speaker. They go, oh my gosh! And Jason at one point is pointing to Maggie and, ha ha ha, she got you! Oh my gosh! <laughs> and of course, Carol's like, I sure do know what I'm going to do with that $3,000. Seriously? She is not 18. She would not get that money. Not to mention, even if she were old enough to get it, she wouldn't be getting it right away. And not to mention, Uncle Sam would want to dig into... 
into that uh, $3,000, so who knows what you'd be probably getting. Maybe $1,500? I don't know. Not enough for a nose job. Of course, Carol, or of course, Jason and Maggie are like, oh, yes, of course she knows what she wants to do with it. We're in the kitchen with Mike and Ben, and Mike is getting rid of his liver by putting it in this little uh, shelf nook. There's a wicker, small little wicker basket that he's putting in. Oh. So, yeah, you hear Maggie and Jason talking to Carol saying, we're saying no to the nose job. It's for your own good. We're older and wiser. We have a more clearer perspective on this than you do. I'm going to play this clip here as Carol's getting very upset at the fact that Jason and Maggie broke their promise where they said if you could get the money, you can get the nose job. Breaking your solemn promises for my own good? Well, sometimes parents just have to be unfair. I'm going to remember this day. The day that my parents gave me their word and I broke it. The Carol runs upstairs in a huff. Jason and Maggie come in back into the kitchen. Of course... Mike and Ben are like, oh, yeah, our plates are clean. Oh, that was so good. That liver was so amazing. Thank you for cooking it for us. And they're like, hey, Mom, can we be excused? As Maggie sits down at the table. She's like, uh, okay, because she's just distracted about that fight that they have with Carol. And Mike and Ben waste no time in getting out of there. So Jason is like, you know, I'm just concerned with the fact that now we'll never know why... Carol wants to get a nose job. What is this sudden interest in how she looks? Which she's a teenager. All teenagers at one point. Like I said, everyone feels, and I'm sure some part about themselves that they don't like. And a lot of teenagers, you're going through changes. You're not a little kid anymore, but you're not an adult. You're at that awkward stage. Your body is changing and you're growing into your looks that will later take you into adulthood. Yeah. So, Mike's in bed having a, a wet dream, a sex dream about some girl in class. Maggie, Maggie, <laughs> Carol comes in, wakes him up, says, Mike, I need you to drive me somewhere without anyone noticing or anyone knowing where we're going. So, I'm going to play this clip as Mike is like, are you real? Because she says, I want you to drive me to the doctor's office. He's like, are you really going through this nose thing? And she's like, that is none of your business. And, of course, Mike brings up a good thing or a good thing here where he's like, you know, a doctor's not going to operate on you without uh, a parent's signature. And Carol whips out this permission slip. Aha! Oh, I got it. That failed trip permission slip was probably bullshit. And they probably were distracted, just signed it without thinking of it. Or, or, no, I think she, no, she forged that signature. That's what it was. Gotcha. Why you drive me somewhere without anybody knowing? Where? What difference does it make? A lot, Carol. Look, I don't want my friends seeing me driving you around. <laughs> All right, I need you to drive me to the doctor's building downtown. The doctor's building? Yeah, don't worry. You won't run into any of your friends there. They're being all on medicine. <laughs> hey, Carol, are you really going through with this nose thing? It's none of your business. Hey, Carol, you know, that doctor is not going to do anything without parents' consent. Maybe getting mom and dad to sign a consent form isn't such a problem at all. Forgery. <laughs> you know, I had no idea you could be so slimy. <laughs> You're okay. <laughs> okay. Now where are we? No, she forged the signature. 
So she leaves. Mike tries to get back to his sex dream, which, Mike, it does not work that way if you want to try to get into a dream you were in, back into a dream you were enjoying. Now we cut to the doctor's office. So we look around this operating room, uh, or not operating room, uh, doctor's waiting room, and we got, it seems like women of different, very, uh, different ages. We see a man that does look like he's already had work done. Also, there's a woman there who looks like she's already had work done because their nose is kind of covered in bandages. And we got people who are reading magazines. We got a lady who's filling out a form. So who is this guy that comes out of the doctor's office and walks past Carol and Mike? Is this this Carl Muldigan guy? As Carol and Mike look at him and they're like, nah. Because we get like an audience like, ah. So Carol's like, Mike, you don't have to stay here if you don't want to. And he's like, well, I don't want to sit in the car anyway. And she's like, okay. So she goes up to the window. The first thing the um, receptionist asks is for her name. And Carol is just like trying to give this out really fast. Like, oh, I got my parents' consent form. I'm ready to go whenever the doctor's ready to see me and this and that. I'm going to play this clip. Like, yeah, nice try. Um, They are going to look at that consent form. They're still going to want to check with your parents. <laughs> You know, you didn't have to come up here. Well, yeah, I just didn't want to wait in the car. You want me to leave? Well, as long as you're here. Yeah, yeah, sure. Name? <laughs> Hi. Hi, I have an appointment with Dr. Calabash for a preliminary consultation for rhinoplasty. I have the parents' consent form right here. See, my parents' signature, my father's signature. I'll have the same cash before the procedure, so I'll just wait there until you call me. Thank you. Name? <laughs> Silly, I mean, I am so sorry. Just, I get really nervous around doctors and receptionists. <laughs> Anyone in white, actually. <laughs> name? Um, it's Carol Seaver. Her name? It is. Oh. He's a well-respected psychiatrist. My father. Not him, he's my stupid brother. So, Carol just goes on and on with her explanation that is not needed. And the lady's getting frustrated. She's like, name! What is your name? And Mike finally stands over like, it's Carol Seaver. And and the receptionist's like, her name. And he's like, uh, it is her name. And she says how, she hands the paperwork over to the lady and says, well, he's a well-respected Psych, uh, psychiatrist, and of course you're like, well, not this guy. He's my stupid brother. And Carol goes on to say about how uh, she's a little nervous around doctors and receptionists, pretty much anyone in white. So of course, the receptionist says, "You to sit down. I'll be right back." Of course, she's gonna call a parent. You can't expect a, a kid who's under the age of 18 to go in there and just assume, oh, and she said it's a consultation, so it's not like she's getting work done that day. She's just probably going to see what could be done or what his suggestions are. So I'm going to play this clip as she is calling the Seaver home. Like, I need to speak to parents. This does not sound legit at all. Looks like your kid forged the signature. <laughs> Jason Seaver. 
goes either with a mental patient or in the bathroom. <laughs> patient as we find out when Ben answers the phone like oh my dad he's either with a he's in the bathroom or with a mental patient and he's screaming dad dad and you hear Jason shout from his office Ben I told you not to interrupt when I'm with a patient I'm sorry but I would not want to visit a psychiatrist at their home I don't care if they have an office out of their home I just no mm, just I don't know so Maggie comes in the door and says hey ma'am do you want to speak to my mom you're welcome very much here you go Hello? <laughs> yes, Carol's my daughter. She's there. Where's the hair? <coughs> Excuse me, who is Dr. Calabash? What? No, we certainly did not sign a consent form. No, 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 please, please, don't say a word to her. We'll be right down. Yes, thank you. Jason? He's with the mental patient! <laughs> I cannot believe this. <laughs> so Maggie picks up the phone. She doesn't know who's on the other end. She's like, oh, yes, my daughter's Carol Seaver. She's where? Well, where is where? Is where? where? What are you talking about? And she's like, well, who's Dr. Calabash? And then comes up about the consent form. Like, uh, excuse me, we did not sign a consent form. Yes, don't worry, don't say anything to her. My husband and I will be right down. And she hangs up on the phone, screams for Jason, as we hear Ben, ben yell, he's with a mental patient. I'm like, oh, Ben. Look at that screaming fit that face that he goes through. Eventually, it goes away. Thank goodness, because that's just, that's, but I think that's kind of a trope for Ben. Like, Mike's a dum-dum, and Carol's the brain, and Ben's the screaming child. So now we come back to the waiting room as Mike's like, man, can you imagine someone would do that to themselves on purpose as he sits down next to Carol with a magazine? And she just looked at him like, really? I was like, oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> so Carol's like, Mike, if you're going to say that, can you please just wait in the car? And he's like, I'm sorry, it just looks like major pain. <laughs> So Mike's like, Carol, if you're so worried about this, why are we even doing this? And Carol gets up and starts to walk away and says, Mike, you know exactly why I'm doing this. And Mike's like, no, I don't. Why don't you explain it to me? So I'm going to play this clip. Carol, if you're so chicken about this, why are you even doing this? You know very well why I'm doing it. You're just setting me up for one of your little jokes. What jokes? Oh, I don't know. Probably some stupid little joke like, Carol... If you really want to improve your looks, why don't you just get a new flea collar? <laughs> That's good. I like that, Carol. <laughs> hey, you said it. <laughs> I just beat you to it, that's all. Yeah, yeah, I guess I have come up with a zinger or two in my day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, kind of like, like the time I told you to go break a mirror. Or how about the time I told Eddie you were in a bad mood because you had to be warmed? <laughs> Of course not. You're fine. I am not. 
call me funny looking for the past all my life. Oh, you're crazy. Look, Carol, why would you even listen to me? Come on, Carol, look, you're my sister. All right, I'm supposed to call you ugly. It's <laughs> <laughs> my job. What, now I suppose you're going to say you didn't mean it? Oh, look, all right, all right, look, did, did you mean it all those times you called me so incredibly stupid? <laughs> like you think me teasing you about how you look is this the reason that you're here is this why you're doing this and carol's like i can't no this doesn't have anything to do with that the fact that you've called me funny looking my whole life like you're crazy you don't know what you're talking about and he's like look this is brother's sister stuff here okay i'm supposed to call you ugly eddie thinks his sister's ugly butter thinks his sister's ugly and carol just looks at him like uh butter's sister is ugly wow Carol, come on. And Mike kind of throws it back at her, like, really? So I'm supposed to believe that you didn't mean it when you called me stupid all the time? And she just kind of rolls her eyes, like, huh, bad example. So he's like, hey, look, this is tough for me, okay? My friends, I know how guys look when they look at a girl and how my friends look at you. That weirds me out a little bit. And he's like, you're not ugly. You may even be a little... And he puts his hand over his mouth, like, turning. And she's like, what? He's like, I think you're kind of pretty. And she's like, really? So it's Mike saying that to her, of course, that gets Carol to change her mind about getting a nose job. Right when Jason and Maggie come and say, Carol Ann Seaver, how dare you disobey us? And Jason's like, you're grounded. 
you're not getting a nose job. And Carol's like, I know I'm not getting a nose job. And Jason's like, Carol, please don't agree with us to try to confuse us. So I know I'm serious. I'm not getting a nose job. I don't need one. I look good just as I am. And she leaves. Maggie goes after her. And, of course, Jason's like, hey, Mike, did you have anything to do with this? He's like, what? Not me? No. I mean, I was trying to get her to go for a whole new face. Whole new head. And that's how the episode ends. So, Maggie and Jason are on the couch in their pajamas and robes. They're looking at magazines. They probably took those magazines from the doctor's office. Because it's the same one that has wintergreen on the back of it. That that lady and then Mike and now Jason's looking at. And Maggie is still hung up on this whole, did you really mean what you said about my nose and everything? It's like, yeah, it's beautiful. And they kiss, and it's sweet. And that's the episode. So, yeah, I thought this was a cute episode. Um, I would definitely, I'm going to give it an average, though, a three out of five. The whole thing with Ben screaming, like, uh, and then Mike just, the fact that he's like, oh, I'm supposed to call you up, but you're my sister, and this is brother-sister stuff, and, you know, just... Also, you know, Carol, like, thinking her parents are going to pay for it and all this. And the whole her whole money in a note job. But anyway, it's just, I, overall, I like that this message about, you know, teenage girls being uncomfortable with the way that I, they look. The fact that this was just solved so easily by Mike saying that Carol is pretty. Like, wow, it, okay, whatever. Um, so, yeah, that's the episode. Um, as as far as for the lesson learned from this episode, it is just, it's so easy to tell someone just like who you are on the inside, but um, changing how you look, like surgically going under the knife and everything, you think that's going to solve your problem? It's not. You got to fix what's inside of you first before you even think about fixing anything on the outside. Like if you can't, you know, just, I guess that's all I got to say about that. So I will be back in June with a new character and two new episodes or two episodes from that character. So look forward to that. All right, everyone. Have a great, great Friday.